Everybody ready to get into the Word this morning? All right, open up your Bibles to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 2. The book of Acts, chapter 2, and we're going to open up with the first four verses here of this chapter. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance." Let me pray. Father, I just ask you this morning to speak through me. God, come and minister to each and every person powerfully today, God, and just reveal more of yourself, more of your truth. Meet us all right where we are, God, and do do a mighty work in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love these verses. Now I know what the first thing that you're probably thinking is when you hear these first four verses. Gosh, that would make an awesome tattoo. Right? Virginia, I know. I saw you back there contemplating. I know a guy. Just saying, when you're ready. I do these things and then I lose myself. I forget where I even was. Uh, So I want to talk to you this morning about living your life with supernatural power. Living your life from a place of supernatural power. Now, sometimes when we look at scriptures and we read things and we see, you know, apostles moving in miracles and disciples moving in powerful uh, things that, that happen in the, in the Bible. A lot of times we can, people can get the impression that that was just something that was there whenever they were on the earth. That was just a part of what the the church in the very beginning looked like. And there's a lot of Bible scholars that would say like that just kind of died off. That just sort of ended in the days of the apostles. And then you have some people that would say things like, yeah, when you're talking about living your life with supernatural power and that you need supernatural gifts and supernatural natural power in your life to to be a game changer to be who you're called to be which is what I what I believe and then you know people would say well that's just kind of like lofty language you know that's just it sounds good it's really pretty when you hear it but they just it's kind of like well that's just sort of what you say that's not really what it means it doesn't really look like that actually as it's being played out in someone's life right and then you have other people that would say no I get it I believe that there's got to be supernatural power, but I just, I think it just needs to be like for the leaders of the church, right? I mean, I think that the pastors and those evangelists and stuff that you see on TV, like those people, I get it. Like there's a, there's a supernatural thing that's going on there, but you know, Matt, I'm just a construction worker. I mean, I'm just a school teacher. Like I just, I just go to work every day. I just kind of do my job and everything. Like I'm just, it's a little bit different for me. And I would say to you this morning, I beg to differ. Amen. 
I beg to differ. So let me just kind of open it up like this for you. I want to challenge you to think about the fact that you are called to live your life day in and day out in a place where there's a supernatural power that's actually flowing through your life that's affecting everything that you're called to do who you're called to be. And really apart from that supernatural power that it's ultimately impossible for us to ever become who we're called to be, for us to ever fulfill our God-given destiny without the working of that through our lives. Now look at it like this, that we as individuals, as people, as God's creation, we are really vessels, right? The Bible talks about that a lot, that we are to look at ourselves as vessels. And so vessels are pliable, they're moldable, we need to be able to be shaped by God's hands. But, but vessels really simply are, are meant to hold and stay full and to pour out. They're not the originator or the source of what's in it. Right. A lot of times when we read the word vessel in the Bible, it's a kind of like a clay pot, really kind of like a worthless type of uh, uh, piece of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for in the kitchenware. Right. It's not something real fancy, but what it actually holds is very, very valuable. A lot of times vessels were used to hold like oil, which was a very valuable thing in those days. And so we're meant to be vessels, which means that we're meant to be filled up and to be poured into and to also be pouring out and to be staying full at all times. And so if we're staying full, then we're able to have this supernatural power just continuously flowing in our lives and flowing out of our lives at the same time. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So... What if I were to tell you that the life, the lives that we see in the book of Acts in particular, where the apostles were moving in so much of this supernatural power on a day to day basis, day in and day out, that was just a part of the life they were living. It's a part of how the church was advancing and growing. What if I were to tell you that your life is really not so meant to be so different at all? That God has really created you. Now, He's created all of us here and now, today, where we live in this time, in this generation, in these years, in this area. That's not by accident. The Bible says that God has pre-appointed the boundaries in the, in the, of, their, of their dwelling places, meaning He knows the era and the years and everything that He wants us to live in, that He's created us to walk in. But that just like the apostles, their boundary, their dwelling place of that era was is meant to be, ours is meant to be here and now, but that the life lived with power, a supernatural kind of power that's flowing in and flowing out, that our lives are meant to be the exact same way. Even if you are that school teacher, that construction worker, that business person, that salesperson, whatever it might be, that if we buy this false kind of bill of goods, that our lives are really not supposed to be that way, that we're just kind of like going through the motions, we're doing some things in our own strength and hope that, you know, because we love Jesus, we're going to get to heaven one day, that if that's the approach we're taking, that we're missing out on so much of what it is that God wants to do in and through us. And most importantly, guys, how he wants to affect the world around us. All right. Now, when you look at this scripture that we opened up with, Acts chapter two, here's basically the backdrop. Here's what's happening. Jesus has died. He's, he's, he's risen from the dead. 
And as he was departing in his risen body, he said to the apostles and his, the, the, the apostles and the disciples that were there, he said to them that I want you to tarry here in the city until the day of Pentecost, because I'm going to send a helper. There's going to be someone that's going to come. And so the apostles, quite frankly, those that were following Jesus while he was alive, now that he's been executed and they've seen him risen, they're still in this very timid, fearful, scared for their lives kind of place, right? I mean, they're hiding in the buildings. They're trying to keep a low key because they know if they go out in the streets and the Pharisees and the rulers of Jerusalem see them, they're probably going to suffer the same fate that Jesus suffered. So at this point, they're scared to death. They're just hanging out, trying to lay low until something happens, which they're not even really sure what that is other than Jesus said, just stay here until something happens, right? So then on Pentecost, these scriptures that we, that we just opened up with, that on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out from heaven, and in the way that it happens, like this is the first time that it's happening this way, it's poured out and poured into all of those followers of Jesus, and something absolutely amazing happens. They basically change from this timid, scared, fearful state to these lions and these warriors that are bold, rising up. Up and going out and, and now walking in this new calling. They're the same individual they were, but now all of a sudden there's a spiritual power that they're carrying with them that is markedly different about their lives. We take a look at what happens to Peter. Remember Peter, right? He was the dude that bailed on Jesus. Remember that? Peter was a huge builder of the church. But right before Jesus was crucified, Peter was the one that rejected him how many times? Three times. He was scared to death. He didn't want to have anybody know that he was a follower of Jesus. The same Peter that said before that, oh, Lord, I will never do that, right? And then whenever the time came, he was scared and he rejected Jesus. So now all of a sudden, here's what happens to Peter. Whenever the day of Pentecost comes and they get filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter steps up and he goes out and he starts preaching to all of these people that were responsible for executing Jesus. And he starts just letting them have it, man. He's like, you crucified Jesus. You killed him. He was the son of God. He was the Messiah. And then he rose. And they're all like, oh, my gosh, the Bible says they were cut to the heart because of what they realized they had done. So this same Peter that was hiding in a room is now out there letting people know, no, that Jesus that you killed, that you were responsible for hanging on that cross, he was really the son of God. And they were cut to the heart and they believed. So he's preaching and he's speaking with a boldness and a conviction that was not noticeable prior to this time when the Holy Spirit filled him up, right? Then he goes out and what's the next thing we see happen? And you move from Acts 2 and Acts 3, him and John come walking out after they're filled up with the Holy Spirit. And some guy is sitting here lame at the front gate called Beautiful. He's been lame since birth. Peter and John walk over to this guy. And it's just like another day now all of a sudden, right? It's just another day in the life of power, in the life of a son or daughter of Christ. He goes walking over and he sees this guy who's begging for money. He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the, na in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and he pulled him up and the guy was healed. 
Now there's a miracle. And they just keep on going. He keeps on moving. And then the next thing that happens is the Pharisees get all freaked out, you know, so they throw them in jail. Because that makes sense, right? You throw people in jail that heal somebody. Because that makes a lot of sense. So they throw them in jail. And they're in jail. And then Peter, he starts letting the Pharisees have it. He says, rulers of the people and elders of Israel... If we are being judged this day for good, doing a good deed to a helpless man, then by, by what means has he been made well? And they're like, what? He's like letting them have it, right? They're, on, they're in prison. He's like, if that happened, then by what means was he made well? And he doesn't even let him answer. He keeps on going. He says, it's by Jesus Christ, the Son of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you whole today. It's like, what's going on? This guy's just bold. He's just a lion. He's, an, he's just on fire for God. And what I'm trying to get you to see is I'm trying to get you to see the pivot point, the change, the shift that happened, not just for Peter, but for all of these apostles that we see going out and living a life of power as they're building the church, as they're walking in their calling. The pivot point, the shift, you guys, was that the Holy Spirit came and filled them up and they were full of the Holy Spirit. It says when Peter was speaking to the Pharisees, it says, and Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, said to them. It's interesting, right? making a point to say that he was full of the Holy Spirit, then, then we see this boldness and this power starting to flow forth out of him. So, so guys, our lives are not meant to be mundane, powerless. When we say we walk in a supernatural calling, it needs a supernatural power. You got to understand, it is one of the foundations of our theology here in this church that we are called to be supernaturally empowered by a supernatural God to do amazing things that we could never do in our own strength. And, and, and so when we look at that, I want to try to break this down for you in like two ways, because this is how it it makes the most sense to me. There's the filling in and then there's the pouring out. Okay? There's the filling in and then there's the pouring out. Now, when we first accept Christ as our Savior and we declare that we, we've returned from our old ways of sin and we're turning to Jesus and He comes, He fills us with His Holy Spirit. And we are saved, born again, sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise for eternal life. So there's an infilling that happens immediately when our faith is activated that Jesus will was who he said he was. And that's beautiful, amazing, and that's obviously a powerful thing that we experience when we first come to the Lord. But here's what we also see as we watch the lives of these apostles through the book of Acts. We see that it wasn't just a one-time filling, that it was a continual filling, a continual process of being staying full in the Holy Spirit, and because they were so full all the time, it was just pouring out of them, spilling out of them all the time for everything that they were called to do in their lives. Makes sense? Take a look at this in Acts chapter 13. So this is fast forwarding down the way from where we open. And this is in the Amplified Version. It says, And the disciples were continually filled through their hearts and souls with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now, just to make a real clear point, that once we are filled with the Holy Spirit, our salvation is secured. 
that we don't need something beyond that in order to save us, okay? When the Holy Spirit fills us up for the first time, we're saved, we are secure in our eternal life. But there's a continual filling that we have to be able to walk in, that we have to get filled up in, in order to stay full so that we're able to really walk out with power what it is that God is calling us to do in our lives. And that power demonstrates itself in a lot of different ways. You can see this boldness that they're living and walking in. This power also demonstrates itself in miracles. It demonstrates itself in supernatural gifts. There's all these things that we're all created to walk in in our own different unique way. But in order for those things to flow out, there has to be something supernatural consistently flowing in to power that so that these vessels are open to receive and open to pour out at any given in time. Take a look at this in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15. Actually, let's start in verse 17. Paul says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, anytime we use, we see analogies made in Scripture, then we can look at the context of these analogies to help us to understand more of this powerful truth, right? He's saying, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So when people are drunk with wine, what happens? The, the, the intoxicating drink flows in, and it fills them up and fills them up to the point where after a certain point, it begins to get, uh, it starts to affect all of the senses and all of of the parts of the body, right? Our physical man. And so people do kind of crazy things, right? Whenever they're walking around drunk, they're falling or they're stumbling or their speech is slurred. They're affected by what has been poured in because it's been poured in so full that it's now affecting everything that's happening externally. And he's using that analogy to say, you need to be filled with the Spirit this way. You need to be filled up so full, so continually with the with the Spirit of God just pouring into your life, that you are so full that it's literally affecting and flowing out into every area of your life that you're living. I mean, if the angel patrol pulled us over, would we get a ticket for LUI? <laughs> living under the influence, right? That's a ticket that I want to have. I imagine what they look pull up around inside of you, you know, in the chariot and everything, and step off with their wings, and I'm going to write you a ticket for LUI. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. I'm doing great things. All right. I digress. So, he's using this analogy, but we have to have a consistent filling, guys. It's not like you just come to church on Sundays and then, you know, you check that box for the week and then everything's good. Now, now you're ready for the world. You're ready for the enemy. 
I mean, it's a great start, and, I, and we need to be together with our church family. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. So I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying that we need to walk and live in a way, day to day, where we're being filled up, where God's filling us up with His Holy Spirit. As we're receiving that, we're staying full, and then all the things we're encountering in our lives, we're responding to that, we're acting to that, not in a way that's kind of originating from the flesh or from our senses or from our own strength, but in a way that's because we're so full of God, we're so filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit, that that's actually what's so much more influencing our thoughts, our actions, our faith, and everything that we encounter that we walk to do. So think about it like this. You come up against adversity, you come up against challenges, and what do you want to have happen? You want to have a response of faith. You want to have a response of boldness, right? But here, we go through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then, you know, something happens. The car breaks down. Something doesn't work in the house. Somebody, you know, says something accusatory about you that you know isn't true. And then what, what really actually happens most of the time, if we're honest? I'm going to be honest, a lot of times I get into this like poor me mode, right? Oh, oh another thing broke down. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to fix that. I'll give it a try. It's probably going to cost hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah, just another thing. Yeah, when it rains, it pours, you know. Oh, and you get into this mode where it's like, what, what are you really doing? What is the response that's really happening? Doubt, self-defeat. Right? Disappointment, discouragement. Yeah, those are virtues, right? No, those are not things that God says this is how we're to walk. But we walk that way. We live that way so many times when adversity comes and then we respond from a place, from a thing that is very uh, misaligned from the very character and nature of who's actually living inside of us. Because perhaps we just haven't really been staying full and staying filled. There's a reason why when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and he talks about rivers of living water that are supposed to be flowing in continuously and flowing out of us, right? It's like we can, the stage can be set for a, for a banquet table, but we have to sit down and feast. We have to eat the meal. We have to drink the drink. Jesus is saying, look, the word of God is the bread of life. The Holy Spirit is like the rivers of living water. You're to stay full, and as you're staying full to the brim, then when you're living life, you're going to have everything affected and empowering your life the way it ought to be, which is influenced by the Holy Spirit who's called you to this God-given destiny. So we were having a barbecue yesterday. And it happened, you know, I, uh, I derailed a little bit. I got up and I started getting the food ready. And then this, the electric smoker, uh, it broke down. It wasn't working. The, the heating element went out and I'm just like, oh yeah, doc, I got to get that fixed, by the way. We got to take that back. Anyway, so the heating element broke down. And I'm like, you know, I got everything mapped out. I got a perfect plan, right? I'm going to get the meat on at 9 o'clock because it takes about six good hours. I'm going to get out and cut the grass, but I got to fix the tractor first. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'll probably have a little time to till the garden too, man. Yeah, this would be perfect because I borrowed Chuck's tiller for the weekend, so I'll be able to get that done. And, uh, and so then the meat, the, the, so then the smoker breaks down and, you know, stress level goes up, right? I'm like, I wanted to kick the thing and I didn't because, you know, wrath isn't good. And so 
so I'm like, all right, all right, you know, whatever. I get, I had an extra smoker, so I got it out, and that cost me about an hour of time. And so I'm, oh, the meat's probably not going to be done. And Katie's like, well, why would you say that? I'm like, hey, you know. And so anyway. And, <laughs> I know you guys never do this, right? <laughs> so then I go out, I'm gonna, I gotta fix the tractor. And, and it all started with the tractor last week where I had to just replace a blade on the mower. I was just trying to get it ready for the year. And then I'm taking the blade off and the bolt strips out because it's all seized up and now it won't go back in. So I'm talking to the guy at the parts store. He's like, oh man, you're gonna probably have to re-tap that hole with a, and I'm like, with a tap and die set. And I'm just like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, cause that's what I wanna do, okay? So I get out out there and, and I'm and Katie's like well what do you think you're gonna be able to get the grass cut and I'm like I don't know and you think I could I don't know I've never tapped with a tap and die I'm gonna see you know <laughs> and so I get out there and I'm, I'm sitting there under the mower and I'm trying to, to turn this thing and it's just like barely moving you know and I'm just like oh this is great this isn't gonna work you know this isn't gonna happen and then all of a sudden I think about what I'm gonna be preaching about today <laughs> No joke, this is true. I think about what I'm going to be preaching about today, and I'm like, hmm, this isn't exactly aligning with my message for tomorrow. <laughs> but, but then something just really powerful happened, you know, and, it's, and, it, and I just say that this is kind of like how, what we should experience every day. I'm sitting there and I'm turning that thing, and you may laugh, all right, but I'm turning that thing, and all of a sudden I feel something start bubbling up in my spirit. And it just started, I just started singing something. And it just sounded like this. The enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold him down. I'm going to lift our voice in victory. I'm going to sing my praises loud. Don't worry, I'm never going to try out for the worship team. But I'm just trying to say... And then all of a sudden, that thing started turning, man. And I just, my whole mentality shifted and changed. I'm like, I'm going to get this thing done. This is going to happen today. This is going to all come together. Because greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. These things are just trying to discourage me. They're just trying to ruin my day. They're just trying to wreck me today. The enemy would love that. And I'm just turning and I'm turning. And I got that thing knocked out. And I got back and the meat was doing great. I even had time to till the garden yesterday. Would you imagine that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I'm not saying, that, I guess what I am trying to say is that when we think about this, oh, supernatural power, yes, we'll lay hands on people who are sick and they'll be healed. But also, yes, the enemy will try to ruin your day with a broken appliance and you can have faith and God can be for you and he can change everything in the atmosphere and not cause you to have a broken spirit or a wrecked heart or a wrecked day over that thing. If you're full and you're filled, then when adversity comes, the response that we have for adversity is a response of power and a response of faith that is consistent and aligned with who Christ already said in his word who we are and how we're to live. But a lot of times we live misaligned on a day-to-day -day basis through our walk in this world, misaligned with the very nature of the Holy Spirit and who he is and who it says we're called to be. Don't we? Because why is it? Maybe we're just not full enough. Maybe we're not staying filled. If you're like like me, whenever you're not staying filled, when it, uh, large gaps of time, 
go in between when you're really spending time with God, you're reading His Word, you're praying. It's easy to kind of drain down in that spiritual faith and that strength and that conviction of truth to, to respond from that place. But when we all agree that's the place we want to respond from, that that's the place that we want to live from, we all would say, I would, be, I would believe if we went around here, everybody would say, yes, I want to be used by God. I have gifts and talents and I want to see them flow. I want to impact the world. I want to make a difference. I believe almost everyone in their own way would say yes to that. We want to be used by God. We want to live a powerful life. But the question I ask is, are we, are we staying filled up? If that's the life we want to live, if that's the way we want to be used, then are we staying filled the way we need to be filled so that we're full, so that that's always what's overflowing and spilling out of our lives into the very circumstances and things that we come in contact with. Amen. 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 Now here's another thing that happens. Think about this. We're carrying the Holy Spirit in us, right? We're living a life, and as we're living, we're, we're running into people all over, all around, wherever we go. We're encountering, we're interacting with people, because we're cre created to be relational beings, right? We have fellowship with other members of the body. We come into contact with other people in the world. We're called to, to live a life that is reaching people that are far from God, that our testimony and the truth that we share may help them bridge that gap and find their way to their own calling and purpose in this world. But when we run, when we're walking and we're living our lives and we're running into people and we're interacting with people, this is a question I would have. How noticeable is God in your life when you're running into people? How much is God really seen and really felt through your own life whenever you're walking and encountering people on a day-to-day -day basis? Think about this. I had another really profound moment <laughs> a week ago. I was making the thing of green tea, and uh, I had my Keurig. Anybody use Keurigs before, right? So I have this big coffee cup, and uh, you know the one cup doesn't quite fill it up very far. So of course, I've got to make sure that thing's filled all the way full to the brim, because that's the way you're supposed to do it, right? Like if you're going to fill a coffee cup or a green tea, it's got to be all the way full. So then Katie, she's like, look, just use one large cup and just refill it, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to use two bags and I'm going to do a large cup and I'm pretty sure a medium sized cup after that is like right where it needs to be. She's like, please don't, please just use one large cup and then get another one. So she was gone and I'm looking at the Keurig <laughs> and I'm looking at the bags and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why would I do that? I'm going to fill that thing up. So I filled it up, the large cup. It goes about, you know, halfway is what it looks like. I'm like, see, perfect, medium cup. That's going to fill it the rest of the way. It's going to be right below the line. So I do the medium cup. It fills that one up. Two bags are in there. And sure enough, it starts spilling over. It was a little too much. And I'm like, oh, man, it makes a mess. So then I pick it up, and it's just right there at the line at the top of the cup. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to walk through the house. I forget. I was going somewhere in the house. And I'm walking, and I'm holding this thing steady. It's all the way full. And I just barely brush up against the rail and it just spills all over the place, right? Why did it spill? It spilled because it was so doggone full that all I did was barely bump into something and it was so full that it caused it to spill out. Interesting, isn't it? Now watch this. Kendall, come up here for a second. So 
let's say Kendall's standing here, and I'm walking. I've got a cup, and this cup's barely full. It's just barely full. And I'm walking along, and I'm living my life, and I, boom, I bump into Kendall. Nothing comes out. Not even close, actually. Kendall probably could have that happen and not even realize that I had a glass of water in my hand. He didn't get wet for sure, but he didn't even hardly notice that I was carrying the water. Why? Because it was so empty, it was so drained down that I could collide with someone and probably not even spill a little bit out. Hmm. Now, <laughs> stay there. the guy. He's like an oak tree, isn't he? I mean, gosh, dude. <laughs> All right. Thank you. That was good. So he's a little wet now. But what's, what's my point, guys? If we're full and we're staying filled continually as the apostles were all through their lives as they walked out their calling. If we're staying full, then we can just brush into somebody and it's like the love of God, just who God is, is just evident. It just pours out of us. It's just like the countenance and the glow is different about us. It's we can brush into people and, and the responses that we have, the love of Christ just comes pouring out of us right then and there. And people that we're interacting with in our lives day to day, wherever it is that we're at, whether it's at our workplace, in our family, or if it's just passing by, that literally people can just barely bump into us and they could see right away something is different about this person. And I would say to you that the power of God looks a lot of different ways if it's flowing out of our lives. But one thing is for sure, whatever it touches that it comes in contact with, it affects and it impacts because nobody gets touched by God and walks away the same way as they were before. Amen. We got to stay full. If we're that very little filled cup and we're living our life, we can be crashing into people all over and God might not even be evident or noticeable in our lives. He might not even be able to be seen. But God's very interested in being seen. That's why the Bible tells us that He wants to be glorified through our lives. So as we're living our lives and we're doing what we're doing, that, that we're encountering people all the time and we're so full of His presence, of His power, power of the Spirit of God that it's literally just pouring out of us on a consistent basis. And it's being, as it's being poured out, we have to continue to be filled up and stay full. Amen? Yeah. Amen. What kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life of power, of supernatural power, where you see godly wisdom, 
miracles and supernatural things happening? Do you want to live the calling that God has for you in a way where you could never do it in your own strength, that you would have to have a powerful supernatural God working through you in order to accomplish those things? I would say that's exactly the kind of life that I want to live. And that's how I want to try to lead people to live their lives. Because ultimately, we if we want to do great things, it's impossible to do that apart from the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. The Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. We can't, guys, we can't do anything of a godly, for our godly calling in this earth, in our own physical strength, in our own human nature. It's impossible. We have to have the supernatural power of God moving in us and through us in our lives in order to affect things in a way where the calling God has for us is being lived out and it's being, it's impacting the world around us. Stand to your feet with me today. And I just want to ask you this today. Do you, you say, okay, pastor, let's, you know, I, I want to live like this. Listen, be hungry for the things of God. You get a taste of it. You get an experience of how amazing God is. And, and, and you, just, you just can't have anything else. Just nothing else satisfies. Nothing else will do. Nothing satisfies the soul the way that God does. To just be hungry for Him and to desire Him and to seek Him. Right? And to just live in a way where you're just, you're staying filled up. You're, you're feasting on the Word. You're reading the Word. You're praying. You're surrounding yourself with godly people in your life who iron sharpens iron. And all these things about staying full, it's like you're just constantly interacting in a way where God's filling you up through prayer, through reading the Word, through walking in faith, through spending time with other uh, strong believers who's sharpening you and making you strong. And if you're here today, you say, I want that. I want to be filled up. I feel drained down. I feel low. I feel, you know, I love God. I love Jesus. But if I'm really honest, if I look at my life all week long, I don't think there's anything spilling out of me right now. If that's where you are, listen, I just want to pray today that God will fill you up to the point of full brim and that you'll begin to overflow. Because I believe with everything in me that he wants to do that, that he desires to do that. That's the great thing is that we come to our father to be filled. He wants to fill us up. He wants us to stay full. And so we come to him with as open vessels, willing and ready to just receive everything that he has for us. If that's you today, I just want to pray that you will receive this prayer. And if you want to, you could come down here and I'll actually pray for you this morning if you want to approach the altar. And, and if you don't, that's okay too. But I do believe that there's something powerful that happens whenever we lay hands on people, that there's something supernatural that, that happens whenever, whenever that occurs. Paul said to Timothy, he said, I want you to stay stirred up in the gifts of God that are in you that began when I laid hands on you. Right? And they, the apostles laid hands on people a lot. They did that whenever they prayed 
afraid. And it was almost just like, it was kind of just a trigger for their faith, if you will, I guess. But when that happened, something powerful always happened in, in, in the atmosphere. And so I'm going to pray, but if you would want me to lay hands on you whenever I pray, just come down here and be bold and don't be shy and come on down and I'll do that too. But I would say that for each and every person that's here, we should all want to be filled up, right? We should all want to stay full. Father, I just ask you now in Jesus' name, God, you begin to fill people to the brim. Pour out your spirit, Lord, in a way right now this morning that takes people from barely full to overflowing right now, here and now today. God, I ask you that you would begin to fill people so full that they would begin to live from a supernatural influence that's evident and obvious to them and to all those around them. Help every person here today, God, to get a taste of what it's like to live at full brim so that we stay hungry and desire to live that way each and every day. Right now, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. Fill each and every person here to overflowing. And if you're here today and you say, I've never given my life to Christ. I've never confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And, and, and you want to turn to him now. Or you say, I've walked away from living for God. I've, I, I've just went down a different path. And I need to get back to the place where I'm really living for him. I need to get a fresh start. If that's you, I encourage you right now. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Say, God, I turn from my old life and I turn to you now. I want to live the life that you have for me. Fill me up with your Holy Spirit, God. Help me to be who you're calling me to be, who you've created me to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.